Wow. And we're hot. Holy cow. Holy guacamole. Holy pull your molars. Too much happening. Jeez. I was just saying to Will before we started broadcasting, I said, Will, is that what it feels like to get things done? Is that what that feels like? And Will's like, why are you talking like that? Yeah. Get away from me. No, but Will himself. Like, jeez, Louise, this guy's been bouncing around like a ping pong ball. This guy's been off the wall. This guy looked like Spider-Man in here. Hey, it does feel nice, though. Look like uh, what they put out on PlayStation. Amazing Spider-Man. What's the game? Yeah. When they came out with the PlayStation. Yeah, that one. Five. And all of a sudden, yeah. got the outfit, and he's got the buildings, and he's going from building to building. I'm like, that's Will right there. Yeah. That was you today I'm in here. Peter Parker. It's <laughs> like... And, uh, and the thing was, at first you try to resist. At first I say, Will, we got this thing over here. And, and you know what Will did? He goes, <sighs> like that. That's what he did. And I said, <laughs> I know. That's not good vibes here. Not, I realize that. Not me back in the seat. I just kind of. I think because I was super busy with everything else. He went right for the jugular with that exhale. And you guys know the significance of, it, of, a, of an exhale, like a well-timed exhale. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Great. Yeah. It can hit harder than any kind of word can hit, actually. Yeah. It'll hit you right where it counts. Yeah, don't mess around with that. I'll tell you what, it'll hit you right where it counts. But yes, today, busy day, but all good stuff, though. Yeah, I think so. And it turned out well. Let me tell you something. You guys have things to look forward to. We obviously appreciate your support as always. Uh, what a lovely time to be doing things. What a time to be alive, as I've said in the past. Uh, I, I just realized I have some sort of like halo effect going on behind me. Uh huh. Yeah. As work I continues turned down the ISO, but, uh, to happen, it's still quite hot. And Will went out and he picked up everybody uh, coffee as well. Like, geez, man, Peter Parker over here. I mean, Mo is the one that is the. Puppet master. You're trying to shout out and Mo right now? Thing. That's Mo right over there. That's yeah. Him. Right, right, right there. there. Look at him back there. He refused to sit over here, but he'll be over there all day long. Well, he's working until... He refused to... Look, there you go. He's waving at you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, yeah, so appreciate everybody who jumps in here with us on the live, and we do apologize for being a little bit later than usual today, but I promise you we have good reason for it. It's because we've been uh, we've been laying things down, and we have some very special stuff coming up. I think, what, tomorrow, Will? Is that? Uh-huh. So tomorrow, I want everybody to come, come out and support on the main channel. We have something uh, very fun going up over there it's something unexpected i would say unexpected to me and now subsequently unexpected to you the viewer uh-huh ladies and gentlemen now speaking of unexpected how about this will the first version of the later case for the upcoming foldable mm -hmm. pixel device what what cool excuse me what look at that same uh form factor as the oppo find n yeah. that unusual folding sort of smaller form factor mm -hmm. well we're just rearranged the dimension slightly rearranged how about that the google foldable around the corner and the case to prove it i can't wait to slap that on and see what how google approaches the foldable market because i've been such a foldable guy but obviously we have something else stealing the show in the meantime, which is the new Samsung devices, S23, S23 Ultra, uh, S23 Plus. Plus. Yeah, the, don't forget the last one. 
<laughs> the plus. That's my most forgettable of the bunch, actually. Yeah. But but none of them are forgettable. They're all uh, very pleasant. And we're looking forward to everything going on. Shout out to Tim Foley. Yeah, we got to shout out Tim Foley. Man, what a, man, what a ride today. It's cool that we're sitting down. It's cool that we fit this in, though. Yeah, now we can actually, like, chill. And we actually, It seems like this is a chill period. Isn't that interesting? Uh -huh, Here we are yeah. broadcasting, and this is the most relaxed we've been the whole time since we've been yeah. going today from start to finish. What do you like, uh, this time or noon? Uh, well, you can't be messing with people's schedules. You know, people got used to the noon. We, yeah. we didn't want to... No, like, this is a one-time thing. We didn't want to break the uh the streak like we got this streak going i mean i didn't even want to mention it because sometimes you start talking about a streak it's like hey mm -hmm. once you identify it you break mm -hmm. it you lose yeah yeah but like there are going to be certain days where in order to keep the streak alive we're going to have to make some modifications because even this friday yeah we got to do something special to, to bring it live uh-huh yeah because noon i i can't do noon so friday is going to be early morning it's going to be a couple yeah. hours earlier than usual mm -hmm. So all these things, but we do it. We do it for the love. Uh, we obviously do it for you guys, and uh, and we do it for ourselves. You know, yeah. It's a consistency is nice. There's a consistency is like a warm blanket. You know, mm -hmm. discipline. It's unbelievable when you pull it off. When it builds over time. Yeah, yeah. Tortoise in the hair, man. It's a long tail. Slow and steady. Yeah, you know the deal. And we have a pack show today. We have a pack show. So he's so. telling me, he just told me to, he said, he's like, I'm glad that you're having a great time, sir. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you, Rip Van Winkle over there. Come on now. Mm-hmm. No patience. That's him calling me Rip Van Winkle, not the other way around. Yeah. Apple is expected to post its first revenue decline since 2019 on Thursday. 2019. Who remembers 2019? Anything happened in 2019? Anything named after the year 2019? What's weird is that 2019 doesn't feel like that long ago, but in reality, that's quite a while ago at this point. Uh -huh. And Apple was able to sort of figure out some things since 2019. They're able to get people compelled for the products 2020, 2021, 2022. And now it looks like it might be going the other direction. Now, this comes along with all types of other reports that are sitting there saying, oh, market looking a little soft. Uh, housing price look a little soft. Your, te your Tesla over there, I'm going to drop that about 20 points. Now, I know you even, you're sending me emails from viewers that are, are talking about their own nightmares with their Tesla yeah. pricing. That they went in at some different rate and they got delivery days after the price dropped. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And guess what? They were left out. They were left out yeah. on the outside looking in. There was no, nothing happening for them. Nothing pleasant, no reductions, no discounts. And so you email, what do you do in that case when you're uh, left out, to, hung out to dry? You email Willie Do. Because you email Willie Do, he goes with a straight line right to Elon. He sorts it out, doesn't yeah. he? Well, I can also commiserate. Was that, uh, is that all you can do? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the time being. Elon no. and I have beef. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have beef. <laughs> Um, okay, so anyway, this is caught up to Apple as well. The softness has caught up to Apple as well. Apple reports December quarter earnings on Thursday, and there are a lot of factors pointing to the company's first year-over-year -year revenue decline since 2019's March quarter. They are saying that because of supply chain issues, stuff going on in China, and we can obviously draw upon our conversations around the diversification of Apple's supply chain as a consequence, 
where now they're looking to move even more production out of China because of things like this. But they're saying, hey, we couldn't actually even meet the demand. So our sales figures are uh, a reflection of us not being able to get those phones in time so that they could be there for the holiday season, which then results in lower sales overall. And maybe mm. people end up holding off or figuring out a later date. Maybe they can't get exactly what they want company couldn't build enough of its high-end iPhones when the primary assembly facility in China was shut down for weeks during lockdowns. Customers in many regions noticed this early November that Apple couldn't promise Christmas delivery of the new iPhone. They couldn't get you the iPhone even if you were ordering it in November for December 25th, which is not a good look. A lot of people might look elsewhere or just hold off, think of a different gift altogether. I don't know how significant that is, but apparently significant enough for them to blame it or at least as one of the factors in uh, this this potential uh, decrease in revenue growth, analysts polled by Refinitiv expect Apple to report just over $121 billion in revenue uh, in the December quarter, which would be slight decline from the company's $123.9 billion from a year ago. $121 billion. Nothing to scoff at, Will. Mm-hmm. But you know how it works in these corporate scenarios. It's up, up, and away. There's no such thing as down. You're either growing or dying as far as Wall Street's concerned. Uh-huh. And so they say any type of decline in growth. We're not talking like the de- we're not talking they didn't print billions. We're not talking about that. We're just saying it wasn't on par with what they did the previous year. But I think there's other factors involved. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's just about supply chain. I know it played a role, but I think there's a couple of other factors at play, which we've talked about on the show. We will continue to talk about mm. Tesla EVs, even mildly damaged, are being written off by insurance companies. Insurers are increasingly concluding that a broken Tesla is too expensive to fix. You always wonder about this. A lot of people ask me that. They go, um, uh, what about when you got to replace the battery? I'm talking people who have never had an electric vehicle. And I sit there and say to myself, I'll never have this thing long enough to answer your question. Mm-hmm. But it is a, a reality that it, it's an emerging technology and there's a lack of awareness. And it doesn't start and end with the customer. It also it also goes into the repair segment. It goes into the in, in insurance companies. And there's added complexity there. And maybe people are actually, in some cases, paying more for an equivalent value electric vehicle because insurance companies are noticing that in a lot of cases, the quotes they're getting to repair these things is not worth it. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, they're saying, okay, we just end up replacing it. Well, what happens in general if you end up replacing a lot of these is people got to pay more. This was such an issue that it actually convinced Tesla to get into the insurance business as well on their own accord. And it also helped them sort of extract some information about where they could make improvements to their designs to help avoid complete write-offs for what are in, which could be considered minor kind of damages. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you're always going to have a write-off possible type of collision, like those are going to exist. But Elon, I guess, on a recent call went so far as to say, like, they could redesign clips and attachment points for different Mm -hmm. bumpers and things to, because when you start looking at replacement it's not just the cost of the part it's also the complexity of the work Mm -hmm. so maybe this will change over time but for the time being it's that high percentage uh replacement where they're just saying you know what write it off now i don't know if you've ever been in a a car accident before will but when it comes to combustion vehicle so much of it depends on the value of the vehicle versus the value to fix it Mm -hmm. And in most cases with these Tesla vehicles from this report, they might have had less than 10,000 kilometers or 10,000 miles on them. Mm -hmm. 
which normally you would think, well, that's worth repairing. Because mm-hmm. if I just go on a used market and look at the price or something like that, that's not going to be cheap to replace. But do you think eventually it'll come down in repair costs? After finding out like a, a way to kind of fix it more efficiently. Just like combustion cars, right? Well, like repeat, replacing I think battery. people are going to have to specialize. And you might even bring into question some of the right to repair stuff. People need better access to mm. guides and parts and, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it for that to happen. Because these have become more embedded, much like computers, where once upon a time they were modular. And it was, I mean, you imagine. Like the Wild West. You imagine everything is sealed up. Like a lot of it is sealed up. Uh-huh, and you imagine people that have expertise in auto repair that have spent 20 years working on auto combustion. Exactly. And yeah. it's just a whole new thing. So, uh, yes, I do believe it has the potential to change. But for the time being, they are writing off all types of vehicles with less than 10,000 miles on it. And you might be paying a little bit more for your insurance on your electric vehicle as a uh, consequence of this. Yeah. occurring even for what would have normally been small time type of collisions or damage mm-hmm. tesla has burst into the top 10 best-selling cars in the world with two different models you can probably guess what they are of course we're talking about model y and we're talking about model three model y is the best selling of those two but what's significant here is we're talking about 10 best-selling cars period in the world not electric cars mm. period in the world now this has been a long time coming, but it does showcase the demand for these things. Mm. Like people really want this stuff. And the percentage growth compared to other players in that list is the shocking part. So Toyota Corolla, for example, is down 2% from last year. It still occupies the top spot at 1.12 million units. But that's not as hot as it has been previously. I mean... You know that the Corolla has been around forever and it's been a hot seller forever. Mm -hmm. But if you just scroll down there with your eyes to the Model Y, they moved 759,000 units, putting it into fourth place just below the F-Series Ford truck. Well, what? And that's up 88% versus last year. According to data compiled by Focus to move electric vehicles, more specifically Tesla Model Y and 3 have entered the top 10 best-selling electric vehicles in the world. Wow. The Model 3 is not as significant. As you can see, it's only up 4% versus last year. They still did move enough units to put it in seventh spot. But the Y is what people are going crazy for. Mm -hmm. The Camry is also in this list. You have something like the CRV, which is down 18% from the previous year at number six. So if these things can continue this trajectory, you could see a future in which the Tesla Model Y is just the number one car in the world. If I was a car manufacturer, I would just look at Model Y and just make a model out of that. Just duplicate it. Because you have all this evidence that that's what people want. 88% growth. It's insane. On top of it, by revenue, the Model Y also takes the uh, the top spot. It, it averaged a sale price of over 55000 Like, you look at the rest of that list. Mm-hmm. It's also expensive compared to that list. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of budget vehicles in there, and people are willing to go up in their price point because that's the unit they want. Mm-hmm. They want the Model Y. So, I mean, congrats to Tesla. And I can't say I'm surprised. Anecdotally, I'm out in the world, and those Model Ys, I can't get away from them. I have Model Ys in my dreams, my nightmares. I'm being chased down by Model Ys. Yeah, there's something, eh? They're, They're everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere dude. Cool. 
now, speaking of model wise, maybe you're pumping them out a little too quick. Here we have a story, <laughs> and this could happen to any automaker. I feel the need to put that disclaimer each time. But here we have a situation where a Tesla Model Y steering wheel has fallen off while driving only one week after delivery. Oh. The owner experienced firsthand what bad quality control looks like. I mean, this is not a fun experience. On the freeway as well, by the way. Ugh. By the looks of it. And he took a picture. That, but well, what are you going to do at that point, right? You're not steering anymore, are you? But you, shouldn't you be off on the side there? What or you try mean? to? You got no steering wheel, Will. <laughs> Where are you going? I mean, you try to clip it back on yeah, and into the column there. that's what I would there. try to do. But it's, it's, supposed, it's not supposed it's to come off. Like, like It's not bolted in. And the access to the bolt, I believe, is underneath the top cover where the Tesla logo is there. Oh. So I don't believe he can actually reattach this, not quickly at least. The only reason I say is because I've been looking at steering wheel replacements, not because I don't like the yoke, but I don't like the material on the yoke. I told you this. Yeah. And so I've seen what the process looks like of removing, at least on the Model S, the steering wheel. I presume it's something similar on the Model Y, which is what this guy's driving over here. Uh, Twitter user Prena24 posted that the steering wheel popped off. Here you can see the original tweet. Family was excited to receive new uh, Tesla Y delivery 124-2023, January 24th. Was driving on the highway and all of a sudden the steering wheel fell off. <laughs> was lucky enough there was no car behind and I was able to pull onto the divider. So not over to the side, but just, I guess, near the divider where the user probably or the driver probably would have already been anyways this is kind of a terrifying moment on the freeway oh, steering wheel comes off that's the worst case scenario right yeah you can't like it's one thing oh. in your driveway if you're just backing out and the steering wheel comes off right. like, oh well this is weird but not that dangerous but on the freeway and that steering wheel pops off that's terrifying you can see the aftermath they got to come and retrieve it and everything else now i just feel the need to always remind people that weird things happen with all cars it's when you're talking about tesla these stories are much more interesting new automaker extremely hot model of vehicle uh so there's going to be more scrutiny and analysis but there's no other way to slice it this is, it would be a brutal experience for this individual and you hope that that they get taken care of because this is that is not what quality looks like, Will. Mm -hmm. uh, I, am I responsible for this manufacturing defect? It's not even a week and I'm getting a bill for the steering wheel. Isn't it the company's responsibility? Yeah, for some reason, it's a $100 bill there as well. So you sort this guy out, Elon. Hey, this guy, hey. Uh, sort this guy out. Go, go talk to this Twitter user. I think you know a thing or two about Twitter. Uh -huh, yeah. So go talk to him and he shouldn't pay 100 bucks if steering wheel pops off on a freeway. Give him 100 bucks. Yeah. Charging cars at home at night is wrong, according to New Stanford Research. Now, not wrong in the sense that you're a terrible person, but wrong in the sense that, and this does depend on the market we're talking about, it may not actually be the optimal electricity generation moment, which in places like California, where energy storage is the issue, you might actually have more availability and the and opportunity to scale at different times in the day or if you could at least spread out because the grid apparently and many people have suggested this or speculated that the grid is not prepared for every single household to be charging at the same time in the evening uh, starting at 11 p.m whatever off peak might happen to be it's going to be always on peak forever <laughs> peak peak double yeah. peak the vast majority of electric vehicle owners currently charge their cars at home in the evening or overnight. And the other thing to mention about that is that these chargers are not really that quick, what you have at home. Yeah, it's a slow burn. 
So you need to have it over time. Mm-hmm. And outside of work, the only other opportunity you have to charge it for most people is at home. Mm-hmm. And so if all of a sudden it's it, it becomes uh, that the people are charging abundantly in the evening, mm-hmm. what is option B? Because by the, by that time, you're trying to have this infrastructure laid out and you're trying to have these other charging options. Now, I know you have the supercharger network with Teslas and you have all, all types of other things emerging for faster charging, but the the study seems to suggest that the best case scenario is people are charging at work. Yes. But as you know, what, what how many workplaces are actually set up for this type of thing? Mm-hmm. Research team published a paper on a model they created for charging demand that can be applied to an array of populations and other factors. In the new study published in Nature Energy, they applied their model to the whole of the Western United States and examined the stress the region's electric grid will come under by 2035 from growing EV ownership. In a little over a decade, they found rapid EV growth alone could increase peak electricity demand by up to 25%, I think, I mean, at least. Mm-hmm. To limit these costs of all that new capacity for generating and storing, the researchers say drivers should move to daytime charging a work or public charging stations, and they're talking to policymakers based on their study to say this is where we need to be investing. Now, it is important to just put that piece back in there that it does depend on your region. Different regions mm. have different methods for storing electricity, different delivery, and and so forth. So, it, you know, I think they were looking at California here and a couple of others, but in their model, and California also happens to be pretty heavy electric vehicle consumer, so it makes sense for a model, but this could vary from place to place is essentially what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We encourage policymakers to consider utility rates that encourage day charging and incentivize investment in charging infrastructure to shift drivers from home to work for charging. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've considered solar and just have like a power wall mm-hmm. situation where it just store energy or battery and then just charge it whenever and the solar is not great around here not here no you start talking about the snow and the overcast yeah. and the seasons i mean you, you could do okay you could also put a windmill in your backyard as another option okay a <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, doctor accused of intentionally driving tesla off cliff charged with attempted murder. this is crazy this story is wild yeah and the reason that we put it in here is because we have so many tesla stories where, or just, yeah, mostly Tesla, where we talk about the vehicle and investigations around collisions and uh, mishaps and events that happen in autopilot. And often we don't just talk about the fallibility of humans or maybe even fallibility is not even the right word. If this is an accusation at the moment, you'd be careful how I talk about this. This is an, uh, uh, an alleged situation. It has been alleged that this individual intentionally drove his Tesla off a cliff to try to kill his family, basically, is what is what it says. Uh, they're gonna have to go prove it in a court, but and 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 I'm not necessarily making the so, argument that uh, that autonomy would have would have stopped this from happening. But if you take away the steering wheel, the guy's not gonna be too effective getting over the over the cliff. I'm just uh-huh. no, I'm just you know safety or otherwise. Humans are also extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you know this is, by the way, the case that's going to be made when the AI really comes in. It'll be like, listen, you guys are way too dangerous to take care of yourselves. That's going to be the argument. That's like uh, iRobot. AI is going to be the, the legal team in this scenario, and it's going to be sitting there saying, let The me risk show you factor some- is over 80%. Well, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me show you why you shouldn't be, le- why you shouldn't be holding the keys to the uh-huh. castle. 
Yeah. Let me show you why. And everyone's going to be sitting there, wow, the guy, man, you make some good points over here. We're a disaster. Based on the dilation of your veins and, and your eyes. And just hand, <laughs> just hand over the keys at that point and... But anyway, no, in this case, very odd, odd scenario. Everybody survived. Yeah. Everyone. That's why it's attempted murder, by the way. Everybody survived. The kids, the way it led, 250 feet, the thing went off the cliff, Will. Is there can any? You, can you see a picture of the remnants over there? Scroll down. It's unbelievable, this stuff. Well, yeah, over here, yeah. The family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I just want to see the actual crash. Look at this, look at this thing. Rescuers were shocked. To see survivors in the mangled test, it fell 250 feet from Devil's Slide. It's a spot on the Pacific Coast Highway. Mm, what? And I don't even know. Is that like one in a hundred chance? It, did it, it has to land so perfectly? Yeah. It's unreal. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, an amazing, I guess it's lucky. It's luck, right? Is it luck or is it cosmic intervention? It's like, not today, oh. sir. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess it's like, I mean, we use the word luck for something like that. But yeah. Elon's looking at it and he's always getting these stories that are, it, it, oh, the car accelerated suddenly or uh, the the autopilot failed or it mm. misinterpreted a transport truck or an overpass or whatever. Here now, you just have a, it just so happens to be a Tesla, but you have a guy with malicious intent. Is the accusation allegedly? Now, is there information in the Tesla where they can extract from? Like, not even autopilot, just like... Hit the accelerator, it yeah. And it just veered. I assume so. I assume so. The wife remains in hospital, and local reports said one of the children was relatively unharmed, and the other suffered a serious injury, but they all survived. It is a crazy, crazy story. Tesla or otherwise, but it goes to show you, man, people. Is this the same story? Oof. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, that was just a different article, same story. Okay. Instagram's co-founders are back with Artifact, a kind of TikTok for text. The app uses algorithmic predictions with which Kevin Systrom, I haven't heard that name in a while, mm. sees as the future of social algorithmic predictions. Dude, I feel like this could, we can actually use this for Lou later. The Instagram co-founders who departed Facebook in 2018, that's a while ago. Yeah. Artifact is uh, what they're building, and it's a personalized news feed that uses machine learning to understand your interests and will soon let you discuss those articles with friends. I mean, is that any different than, than any other uh, yeah, news we'll feed? See. Isn't Twitter, aren't they all aiming through algorithms to... Give us all the things we want, all the things we're susceptible to, all the traps of, for our eyeballs. Artifact, the name represents the merging of articles, facts, and artificial intelligence is opening up its waiting list to the public today. Company plans to let users in quickly. System says you can sign yourself up. The app is available for both Android and iOS. It's like TikTok for text. Mm. Though, you also might call it Google Reader Reborn or a mobile app. Uh, attack on Twitter. Hmm. It opens to a feed of popular articles chosen from a curated list of publishers ranging from leading news organizations like the New York Times to small-scale blogs about niche topics. Tap on articles that interest you and Artifact will serve you similar posts and stories in the future, just like watching videos on TikTok or on YouTube. Yes, Twitter is already doing that. I even use Flipboard, as you know, for reading, and it is also behaving in a similar way. Now, obviously, anytime you have a guy that was a co-founder of 
founder of Instagram working on something, you're gonna pay attention because like wildly mm -hmm. successful what they were able to do with such a small team at the time. Mm -hmm. So they may have a different, more sophisticated approach to it and greater sort of AI implementation for making better predictions. And that's really what it's all about. You know, I do a lot of coaching in hockey and I say, you know, the difference between a great player, good player, is the who's making the more effective or mm -hmm. accurate predictions about plays that haven't happened yet. There's a famous saying, Wayne Gretzky, skate where the puck is going. Yeah. You've heard, you know this mm -hmm. one. Every mm -hmm. Canadian Classic. knows, every Canadian knows, don't go to where it's at, you go to where it's going. That's what I say every night. Every Canadian knows the, 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 yeah. the Wayne Gretzky. It's probably been, it's probably been like misquoted a thousand times. Mm -hmm. But For, I think uh, hopefully in, you know, this app, it would be even more efficient. That's what we're looking for too, right? Better predictions. Any yeah. any algorithm that to can serve it easier. Deliver faster, Yeah, better. any any algorithm that can deliver better predictions is mm -hmm. going to be uh, something that we're going to gravitate towards. And it's funny because what does better really mean, well, in terms of predictions? Oh. I guess um more accurate to what you're expecting. That might be where we're at right now, but eventually, is it possible that the best predictions have sort of more of an emotional component? Mm. Uh, we talked in the past about how YouTube has been asking more and more for our feedback via surveys. And then on the other how side... How do you feel about this? Like uh, emotion, you know? Well, and, that, and the point I'm trying to make with that is maybe algorithms that are tuned currently for just strictly retention like mm. get being glued like you can't put it down uh, yeah. or it takes advantage of your weakness or inability to not click something instead of willfully agreeing to it or ha having had a good experience mm. maybe that's where he comes in with this artifact maybe they're able to develop something that actually looks at what people want on a more deeper level mm. in other words right now it's all very short term and this would be very difficult to figure out but right now everything is so short-term driven like what can't you click off of right this second mm -hmm. it's like you know i mean you know the list of things that are in there that are tough to avoid yeah. or tough to scroll past mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily things you'd wake up in the morning and say that's what i'm looking for i think timing is a big part of it too knowing when to serve certain content during a certain amount of time during the day so good luck good luck to them yeah well i'm gonna use it i'm gonna check i will i will also to, check it out any yeah. any app that can make better predictions about what i'm actually trying to do i'm gonna be interested in that app and and, and by actually trying to do means keeps me in the lane that i really want to be in Mm. Not just keeps me glued because I can't resist whatever traps they're placing, but keeps me in a place where I actually enjoy being. Jeff Bezos issues stark warning. I just gave you your clip title. Uh -huh. He says, hold on to your money, especially if you're considering buying things from a set of categories with which I, I presume this photo, they Look always, this, eh? I know they always <laughs> use this photo. <laughs> and it really doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, no it, ca context. it catches your attention, obviously, uh -huh. but 
It's uh, yeah, it's definitely a funny. It's from some event. Look, they got ties on and stuff. Hold on to your money. Jeff Bezos just issued a financial warning. Says you might want to rethink buying. And the list in his case is a new TV, a new automobile, and a refrigerator or whatever. I can't say this is surprising, but when it does come from a guy that has the track record or the backstory or the intel that he does, I mean, the consumer website, Amazon, it's like he probably Mm. (laughs) access to all types of data. He knows that things are softening up, slowing down. He says his quote in an interview with CNN, what do you mean, CNN? He didn't do an interview with us, Will. Does not look good right now. Things are slowing down. You're seeing layoffs in many, many sectors of the economy. If you're an individual considering purchasing a big screen TV, you might want to wait. Hold on to your money and see what transpires. The billionaire recommends. The same is true with a new automobile, refrigerator, or whatever else. Just remove some risk from the equation. And now people are saying that's not a good sign for investors. Well, we have seen the drop in price on things like cars, like electric vehicles, like Tesla and so on. You wouldn't want to be buying something right now if you feel like the price is only going to go down as demand decreases. And presumably the same could happen with appliances and TVs and so on. Your, your, your money might be worth more later than it's worth today. Yeah which is just a really interesting position to find yourself. And uh, that said, there might be other opportunities in the marketplace. There might be deals to be had in places like real estate or other types of investments. Your money might work better over there. This is not financial advice by any means, but uh, you, you may want to do an investigation how you can, like what you should be doing. Maybe you just want to keep your money in cash, like not cash, cash, but you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. That might work better in the short term, and you could avoid some of those big expenditures. Of course, as you know, these things, the way they work, it's about momentum and so forth. Mm -hmm. And once enough people say, oh, I'm not spending right now, you know what happens to the market as a whole. So it's a tough one to advise on. But Bezos, I guess, I mean, based on this particular quote, Bezos is telling you to chill out a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do do what you will with that information, but Bezos is telling you to chill. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now, these these people, on the other hand, they were not chill in regards to Bezos. And I thought this was kind of a funny story. You have a an NHL team, Seattle Kraken, and they have a house band, which is inside the stadium, inside the arena. Hmm. And they, I guess they probably play during... I've seen this happen before. Sometimes it's a DJ. They play during intermission or little breaks, TV breaks. Who knows what they do? Hmm. So they had a band in there, and the funny thing was the band did a cover of another band song, but they then changed some of the lyrics around to specifically target Bezos. Uh, so the original song, My Metro Card by La Tigra, they changed a, a, a lyric around, oh no, Jeffrey Bezos, he's such a total jerk. Shut down all the bookstores. Billionaires do not work. That's how it all rhymes in there. So they're not big fans of his. However, the funny part that comes in here is Amazon owns the naming rights to the arena they were in, Uh the Climate Pledge Arena. They heard about the uh, performance, and uh, they were booted out of there. And here's a quote from the band that sung the lyric. In an unfortunate turn of events, apparently we are not welcome back at Jeff Bezos' Climate Pledge Arena for tonight and tomorrow's hockey games. Uh, glad we got to play. They say go Kraken. I guess they're hockey fans, which is kind of cool. But 
I guess Jeff was like, I mean, say what you will about me. You can't do it in my, uh, I got the naming rights on this arena right here. Oh, You're in Seattle. You're in my town right now. You're in Billy Boy's town. That's a billionaire to you. Mm. And actually, I played the clip. I was like, yeah, something to it. You want? Yeah, go ahead, Will. I don't know. It's risky. Go ahead. Here we go. Let's get, uh, let's get a little volume over here. Billionaires do not work. Billionaires do not work. Shut down all the bookstores. Billionaires do not work. I mean, there's a ring to it. It's kind of funny. You go into the guy's own place, or at least he got the naming rights on it. You go in there, and you're like, yeah, let's just chat about Bezos. You're in Seattle. Everybody knows him anyway. And then Bezos does the uh, gladiator. Yeah, that's it. Down. See you later. You're out of here. Yeah. And uh, don't buy a refrigerator. <laughs> Give some advice. <laughs> Uh, here's a report. Sony has moved over 90% of its camera production out of China. That is a very Apple-esque move in 2023. Everybody is trying to diversify their production to avoid risks associated with relying too heavily on one specific region. Now, this is significant because Sony, when it comes to cameras, my goodness gracious, you got to understand what we're really talking about. We're not just talking about the more advanced style cameras that we use here on set things like the sony a1 we're also talking about all the other camera equipment they do sensors and things for smartphones used across the board we had the famous picture of tim cook inspecting the sony sensors mm, yeah, yeah you know the picture i'm talking about will it's one of my favorites of all time it looks like he's going down there to catch a whiff he's going see what you're working with over here sony smelling the lens maybe so Due to political pressure and the need for supply chain diversification, more and more companies are moving production out of China and into other countries. Apple is reportedly planning to move some of its production out of China to India and Vietnam. Canon moved production away from China last year. Dell has announced it's phasing out China-made computer chips by 2024, and dozens of other Fortune 500 companies are following suit. Now you can add Sony to the list. They transferred more than 92% of its camera production from China to Thailand. According to Nikkei, a respected Japanese financial publication, Sony's plan is to only manufacture cameras sold in China. In China. So the only stuff they're going to continue to make in China is if you're buying that camera in China. Hmm. All the cameras exported to places like this or Europe or even Japan for that matter, those are all going to be made in Thailand. Sony sold approximately 2.1 million cameras globally in 2022. Of those, 150,000 uh, units were sold in China. So if you're trying to figure out how big of a uh, gap that is, mm. they're only moving 150,000 units in China itself. Most of their stuff is going elsewhere. 2 million units to all those other regions that we mentioned. Mm. What does it mean for China? Obviously not the ideal type of uh, word. It's production. What does it mean for Thailand? Making more cameras. More production. There we go. It's uh, it's always like that, isn't it, Will? Mm-hmm. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Sony slashes PlayStation VR 2 headset output, though, after pre-orders disappoint. High price has been seen as a limiting factor for wider adoption. Sluggish demand exacerbates lackluster momentum for the VR sector. Now... We talk about everything as far as things being soft right now. We talked about refrigerators. We talked about uh, the Seattle Kraken and 
we talked about uh, Apple possibly reporting uh, lower numbers than they have since 2019 in terms of revenue growth. Mm -hmm. Does that play a factor when you're talking about a very expensive VR headset? Sure, it does. That's very much into just entertainment, purely, right? Plays a role, Will. It's uh... it plays a role, but there are other things playing a role too. Like, what is up with the adoption or lack of adoption of VR? Because you, I know you're the guy when it comes to that. You're Mr. VR around here, at least of the bunch of us in here. That would be you. Yeah, not so much, but you know, I am. The but guy. of the bunch of us, that would be you. Yeah. And so my yeah. question is, what is going on with VR? Why has it not been the thing that everybody thought it was going to be? I think it's got to be wireless. I mean, the Quest and the Quest 2 is amazing headsets, but then Meta bought it. And then I think it's like a branding issue. You know, they the, don't really like it. Okay, somebody in, the, somebody in the chat just said, huh? uh, forget about VR, go touch grass. That's what somebody said over there. People need to go. Is, I, is this yeah, a thing that... I completely agree. Is this a thing that people can't overcome? That once they put the mask on, mm. that they feel that it, it's too much, that they've gone too far. Maybe it will there be... There is that perception. Maybe it won't be the same for all generations in the future, but just right now, as far as consistently using the thing, is there a threshold yeah. that just can't get figured out? I mean, there's people that live in the headset right now. But um, those are few and far between. I think most people just want to put on the headset once in a while, maybe show their friends, but not on a daily basis. Not the general public. Do Even you, if they own a Quest, so like a wireless one. Do you know anybody in real life that is just all in on the VR? No. Me either? No. There's a lot of like YouTube content creators, which I feel like they, they would the use it on a daily basis. Even but that, it's rare. Even that was a moment. Like you would see it going up, 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 and it uh -huh. seemed cool for it, and then uh -huh. it went back down. Like I just wonder what piece is missing. Now, obviously, if you and I had the insight, we would go build it and whatever else. And we, could, <laughs> we, were not, we knew what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, people could go and sing about us being billionaires over yeah. at, the, at the game. Yeah. Uh, but it seems that something still is missing, I, and I don't know if it's the experience itself. I don't know how vivid the experience needs to be or if it's just the barrier of the physical equipment and if it just needs to shrink more and more and more and the comfort level of interacting with it has to go yeah, up. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like it needs to be seamless, the hardware, and it's also got to have some sort of component to real life that is worthwhile, that has value, in, maybe in the productivity space. But then Meta just try to make it like this workspace. But the thing I don't understand about that, Will, is if you're staying in the productivity space. So let's imagine we spend all day working in the headset. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe, you know what? Maybe there's an example of this. But we spend all day working in the headset and then we're like, oh, I can't wait to get home and play games in the headset. Yeah. Like, oh my God, dude, when do you get out? When do you... Now, I, I know it sounds funny, but you work all day on the screen and then you go home and sure. look at another screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. But a lot of people do. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm not saying I, I'm not boycotting or anything. I just, I have, you know, I've, I have too many obligations. I would probably watch. I mean, I did watch the tennis people. Mm -hmm. uh, the break point. Yeah. I watched two episodes and I liked it. Uh-huh. So, but it's, uh, a, what is the threshold? What, how, how much can, can the humans take? Yeah. How, how much headset can the human body take before it rejects? Yeah, or definitely not every day right now. 
Some a lot of people in the chat saying AR greater than VR. Maybe AR is the maybe that's the answer. Yeah, maybe it needs to be the gateway to VR. Uh huh. Like people, I agree. AR can be the gateway, and people can say, okay, it's not that crazy. But apparently, this VR two is good. <laughs> yeah, it's I like know. Very immersive, very fun. We've got um, the new controllers. And, yeah, yeah. But let's just look at that image. Doesn't that image say it all though? Yeah. yeah. Too many wires. Yeah. It's well, too bulky. Stuff going on, man. Yeah. But I'm glad that they're trying it. I'm glad that every company out there that's doing VR is trying it. Look at this right here. The lackluster demand comes at a bad time for the VR industry. Meta's Quest 2 sales dropped after the company raised the product's price and cut jobs in its hardware department. Microsoft decided to scale back its HoloLens. Like, it's a, it's not exclusive to Sony or this particular piece of hardware. Mm. It's, mm. it's the entire segment as a yeah. whole. People are sitting around waiting. I know some people are just going to say, well, and it just doesn't the software that I would be compelling to me is not there. Yeah. Maybe they need some next game or whatever. I know you jumped into the headset when you had the game you wanted to play. Yeah. And I've tried like, um, you know, the, the boxing one, trying to get fit uh, with the app called Supernatural. But it, it doesn't gel with real life. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather rock climb or something. <laughs> right. You know, I hear something you. physical and real I can touch. I hear you, dude. Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, what the human body and mind is capable of taking, we have a new study here that says letting toddlers play with phones and tablets can lead to long-term brain disruptions. Looking at phones, tablets, or televisions rewires the brains of children under the age of two. New research warns scientists in Singapore say screen time harms development of high-order cognitive skills such as decision-making, thinking, and creativity. The findings are based on scans of 437 infants from Singapore who are 18 months old. They used an EEG test measuring neural activity through small round discs with wires attached to the children's scalps. Corresponding author Dr. Evelyn Law from the National University of Singapore says one theory is that staring at screens damages relationships with parents, which is vital for brain development. Further efforts are urgently needed to distinguish the direct association of infant screen time uh, compared with family factors that predispose early screen use on ex executive function impairments. So, I mean, I read through this. It's obviously a study. It's a whatever 430 uh, users. The children involved are uh, before 12 months of age, sort of a year old, mm. just people handing over the tablet. And the uh, correlation here or the thinking or the theory is that there's something to do with the lack of depth associated with the, sc with the screen and, and how the ability to comprehend that something is not physically there, that they're not, there's so much to learn as far as, object recognition and a, a general awareness and there's mm. so much brain development going on during this period of time mm. there's a huge opportunity cost to being glued to a display while so much development is going on yeah impairments with cognitive processes critical for health academic achievement and future work success and they're also saying you're not going to know the consequences until far later and a lot of these experiments listen man this stuff is pretty pretty new when you think about it that mm -hmm. these devices are so ubiquitous that we can just grab anyone and just that they're cheap enough that you would even give one to a toddler how recent is that mm -hmm. and you know you're seeing it i'm seeing it i mean all you gotta do is be out in public all you gotta do is go to a restaurant and look around for uh, young people glued to displays and you know parents in many cases are obviously 
they could be busy or struggle. Like you can understand mm. the appeal of these types of devices, but there's just so much brain development going on there. Will mm -hmm. there there is a for me? I read a study like this, and I I kind of am not all that surprised. There's so much learning to do, uh -huh. so much life to be lived, so many facial expressions. You know, I think about this. I'm like, by the time a child is one year old, how many how many smiles should they have received? How many times should they have laughed? Mm. Uh, how many uh, finger paints should they have experimented with? How many times should they have squashed some Play-Doh? Mm -hmm. How many times should they have picked up a crumb? Like, it is such a wide breadth. And I know human beings are robust and resilient. Mm. But for me, there's still enough of a lack of understanding in this space that you want to be careful with it. Yeah. And of course, this goes on into older ages as well. And it even goes on for us as adults, Will, as we try to notice how these inputs alter our emotions, alter the way we feel in general. Mm -hmm. But at least we're cognizant enough to possibly recognize it for the the child below 12 months old. Mm -hmm. Oof. How are they supposed to make sense of it, Will? Mm -hmm. That's a tougher gig right there. So we just got to be careful. We got to pay attention to it. And I, I don't, I, I, I'm just going to go out and say, I'm not surprised, Will. Yeah. What did we have findings. back in the day? We had television and that's, that's different, right? Well, television is definitely different. It's, you know, when I, when I think of television, I think, you know, because people also, I'm just going to lump some other thing in here. When you talk about the effect of displays on your eyes, especially in the evening or, and you talk about how compelling something is that's close to your face, like a tablet or a phone. Mm -hmm. A lot of it seems something to do with field of view. Like the level of hypnosis has something to do with field of view. And in most cases, the light emitted and the location of the TV in some sort of more typically more social space is not as compelling as... First of all, hands-on with a display like a few inches from your face and something you can interact with and touch and attempt to learn. Uh-huh. Two different ball games over there. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, probably a report like, like this existed when TV came out. Mm. And it probably hasn't changed all that much. Mm. And guess what it probably says on it? Something similar for those under 12 months staring at the TV for too long. Mm. That there's going to be possibility of a cognitive de deficit at some point yeah. because of the amount of development at that point in time and just the value of those moments will mm. those are key key moments so whatever you can go look at the study yourself see what you think about it but if you've got the youngsters around or you're going to have the youngsters around sometime soon you're going to want to think about how technology how they're interacting with technology how that might be affecting them mm -hmm. Uh, a new range of clothes hides you from surveillance cameras by tricking AI into thinking the wearer is an animal. Now, I didn't know if this was legit or not, okay? This, to me, kind of, I was, like, I, are these systems really this easy to fool? And then I'm looking at it, I'm like, is this an art piece or is this legitimate? Because in this video, they show off this range of clothes and somebody's wearing like a giraffe pattern and they're like, boom, look at that. The camera thinks it's a giraffe. <laughs> Why is he dancing? Yeah, go go forward more. Like you'll see the actual outfits at some point to to protect the biometric. Like there, it's a pattern that's supposed to fool. 
uh, AI is supposed to fool okay. cameras into thinking it's an animal, not a person, like through these patterns. Why do they have to shoot it like that? Because it's this artistic, like, man. I don't know. Why can't it just Dude, be more? I don't believe that this is how this stuff. I don't. I don't know. Is the whole? Is it? I don't know. Will. Well, the, somebody that somebody the presentation's kind of off to tell me if this is legit. Why are or not. people dancing? <laughs> do they have to do that? Oh my god! And they're expensive too. It's like designer pricing on this stuff. Oh, and that person's wearing a onesie. Supposed to protect your. Oh no, that's a dress identity and throw off the AI. Now listen, this might be goofy it might not be legit i honestly don't know but the concept was interesting to me that if at some point <laughs> why that if at some point this was enough of a concern that people's style was actually influenced by the fact that they were being recognized on camera like i just thought that that was kind of interesting yeah yeah um, apparent. Okay, so here's what they say. Let's just say what they say. Wearing an item in which an adversarial image is woven can protect the biometric data of a person's face that either will not be detectable or will be associated with an incorrect category such as animals, including dogs, zebras, or giraffes. The garments have been released on sale for 252 British pounds for a t-shirt with sweaters at 370 pounds. Jogging bottoms 245 pounds. The company Cape Able or Capable Capable uh, says the goal of the manifesto collection is to raise awareness on the right to privacy and the protection of biometric data, which they believe an issue often underrepresented despite affecting the majority of citizens around the world. I don't know. Wouldn't it be easy to train this back out of systems if people di actually enough people did mm -hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Would that not be possible? <laughs> it's a cool project. Um, like, like the like co the concept. Yeah, is yeah. a cool idea and a thought that I don't like. Didn't cross my mind that people would be doing this. The and patterns are kind of cool. Maybe you know, it would work. Kirk, Kirk would totally work. <laughs> I don't know if that shot's fired or not, but listen, maybe it is possible. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Like, I can't say without testing. It is definitely an interesting concept. Mm. But you're right. The dancing and the postures and stuff. And look, that's you rock climbing, Will. <laughs> Just hanging out. <laughs> uh, somebody in the chat says, or you could just wear a mask. Yeah, I mean that could work. Too. Wouldn't that yeah. would that possibly work as well? And maybe not cost you three hundred and sixty-five British pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh baby, what a wild ride We were all over the place today uh, Thank you very much to everybody who joined As per usual I want to remind you guys that In order to take part in these live shows Make sure you hit the notification button uh, On the channel Subscribe all the rest of it Because these don't live under the videos tab They only live under the live tab And it is the best way to find out Whenever we are live Because we have had to modify the schedule Just a touch this week normally we are noon eastern time as often as we can be i'm still very proud of what we put together as far as consistency is concerned 
uh, but I know on Friday we might have to mod it a little bit again. So just click that notifier so you don't miss it, or you can catch it after the fact in the form of clips on later clips. We appreciate it. Everybody who participates here and who watches over there, thank you very much. And also make sure to check out Unbox Therapy tomorrow. We got a very, me and Will, co-star in an epic adventure. It's basically a buddy cop film. So yeah. you need to go watch that. I'm not even joking. Guys, just go go check out Unbox Therapy. Seriously, there's something fun to watch. All right. Thanks again, guys. Later.